0: Me and Alex started painting together. And this summer, we painted a wall. I think it was 80 by 25 feet. And we painted it in like two days. And then someone asked us like, oh, that must have been a lot of work. Like, aren't you guys tired? We were just like, I, I don't think I'd even sweat or spend any any energy. I'm like, if anything, I spent more time laughing and having fun. If you can tap into that kind of approach, yeah. then it's then it's not hard work anymore. Yeah. For me, I don't think art should be like, hard work in that sense where you're like drained and like beaten up when people like work overwork themselves, I'm like, then that doesn't, then that almost kind of takes away from the art piece.
1: Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 111. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Uh, before we get into today's show, I just want to do like a quick um, ask. If you're uh, digging the show, if you like this one, um, we'd love it if you share it, do something with it, subscribe to it, just anything to help us get more attention around it. Um, without further ado, name and who you are.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Reese Douglas Farrell, and uh, I'm an artist and muralist. Born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, I'm still here at my studio here, and uh, basically just been painting and traveling and doing public art
1: since I finished ACAD. Amazing. This is so I don't know if you if you catch my my uh, spiel every once in a while, but I know like nothing about the guests when they show up. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know is like for you specifically is how cool your art is. That's the thing that caught my eye. But I didn't know you're born and raised here, like. So it's cool to, mm-hmm. it's cool to find these things out on the fly because it just kind of takes the conversations in ways I had no idea.
0: Yeah. So I was born, I was born here. I went to high school and then, uh, my art teacher basically just suggested that I go to ACAD, which is now called AU Arts. And, uh, yeah, I kind of just had like the best time there. And then I was there for, I think I was there for five years instead of four. Yep. Cause it was so good. <laughs>
1: you're, having, you're having
0: fun or are you being lazy <laughs> i think a couple of courses are challenging but okay. uh and then uh yeah after that it just uh everything kind of naturally mm-hmm. uh, worked its way to it where i've gotten to, to today
1: ACAD's a special place isn't it there's so many. yeah
0: it is it's a it's it's a very different high it's a very different post-secondary atmosphere than then I would suppose other ones. I didn't go to any other ones. So. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But so many talented, creative people running around there. Like oh, all, yeah. all like, sorts.
0: And all the different departments and uh, the design side, the fine art side. Yeah. And there's just so many names that like the more people you look up, there's so many successful people that come out of that school. So it's a great place to go and uh,
1: learn. What do you, um? what do you think it is? Like, why do you think it cranks out so many talented people? Um, I don't know, for, for ACAD, for me, I,
0: I really like the community of people, and then the professors were really great, and then, uh, I don't know, that's such a great question, because there's nothing, like, there's nothing, like, over-the-top fancy, or, like, there's, there's no crazy landmarks or things at ACAD where it's like, oh, I've seen this, now I'm, now it's better, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I think it's just the, the group of people, and kind of the way they organize the courses and uh I guess it's a little bit different for everyone because I have heard mixed opinions but that's with everything but uh I think it's just a good school because a lot of a lot of cool people end up going there so it builds a cool community
1: do you think it's um do you do you feel like you're getting pushed by your by the people around you you know when you're looking around you see these super talented people does it does it push you to To keep being creative, to do things differently, to just like push the boundaries with your own skill set? Yeah, I I think
0: especially once, uh, so once you get into like third and fourth year, you get your own kind of like studio space, but they're more like a big room divided into spaces. So you're not really like in your own room. So you kind of get to see what everyone else is working on and like kind of seeing their progress and their ideas and, uh. Not so much like in a competitive way, but in a, in a way that's like a motivating, like you'll see, you'll see one person that's just like, absolutely like, you're like, you don't even understand how they're working and how good they are. So you're like, yeah, I should probably uh, spend some more
1: time in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like a inspiring, it's like a check and a balance to like keep you accountable to yourself. Like when, you know, there's some amazing characters doing crazy work.
0: Yeah. And if you're sitting across the hallway from them, it's like, well if I'm here
1: and they're here, mm-hmm. should step it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've seen, have you seen a couple of these? You've seen a couple of guests on this? Have you watched the show? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of know what you know, what's about to go down. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear your story. So take it back as far as you want to go, you know, like how you grew up, where you grew up, you know, how you're, who inspired you around, your, you know, who was around you at a young age that inspired you. And then we'll just kind of, get on a path to to the madness that you're doing right now okay Um, well as I was a kid um, I guess I was
0: always like kind of creative like always drawing and like kind of making crafts or stuff but my grandma on my dad's side we used to always go to her um, she kind of lived on like a cottage kind of thing outside of town so in the summers they'd usually send us off there so the parents had some time but my grandma was like she was like knitting, woodworking, drawing. She like made ceramics, like like she did kind of like a little bit of everything. So whenever like we didn't want to do something, we were like, okay, well, we'd have to do what she's doing. And uh I think that's when I really got into drawing. Cause she had all kinds of old like comic books and magazines and like back in back when there was more like tactile objects everywhere. And then uh as I got to school, like junior high, like elementary and junior high, and like I never really paid attention. I was always just drawing on paper, and like
1: anything, or was there? Um, did you have like themes throughout your your youth? You know, like if you're drawing a certain style or basing it on TV shows or whatever? Like, what was... yeah. So uh, <laughs> I
0: was I was kind of always drawing like the current the current themes of what like our age group was doing, like. I remember drawing Pokemon for, like, years. Then I was drawing, like, Dragon Ball Z. Then I started drawing, like, uh, kind of, like, different video game characters. And then my dad was always into, like, hot rods and cars. Mm. So I kind of got into drawing cars and
1: stuff. Like, um, traditional drawings? Or was it, like, like tra- tra- I mean, when I say that, sorry, I mean, like, traditional lines? Or were you kind of, like, flaring out tires and doing...
0: I would say they were more, like it was more like I'd print off images and try and draw them and then I would color them in. But like, for me, I guess like the main thing was just like the, just like the outlines of the drawings. Mm -hmm. And I was always trying to make everything like look identical or like see if I could draw that image. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, I was never like a super big car guy. So like, I think that was just kind of something that was like material that was available to draw. Mm -hmm. Cause then once I got to high school, and then, uh, cause I, I always took art courses obviously, cause I was interested in it.
1: Yep. Were you um, like just not interested in the other, like school in general? Or was it just a pain in the ass until you got to art class?
0: Well, it was weird. Cause like I could, I can pay, I was, I was good at school, like math and social. Mm. I was terrible at English actually, but uh, I just could like not focus like reading the textbook. Like I, I could, I'd be drawing a picture and I could focus better while drawing. Mm. But then, like the teachers would always think you're not paying attention. Mm. Take the drawing, or like <laughs> all of it. <laughs> then, you are that kid. <laughs> then it just turns into kid. I'm like, okay, I'm doing nothing then. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're then I got to high school, and uh, in high school, everyone kind of gets into like different music, and like a lot of my friends are getting into graffiti. Mm. And uh, I liked the aesthetic of graffiti, and like I thought it was cool, but I was I never really turned into a graffiti kid. Mm. Like I didn't really want to go running around at nighttime, and like yep. it just like didn't uh, all all the all the qualities of that artist weren't my interests. Yeah. So I still was drawing like letters and like kind of like music stuff, but then uh, in in art school, in high school, they just started showing us a lot of books. And then once I seen abstract art in art history, especially like like pop art and like art from like the 80s and 70s and then like op art, like the stuff I'm making like from the 60s, that's kind of when I was like, that was like an aesthetic that I kind of like fell in love with. And I was like, I think this is, this is something that I'm like more passionate about. So then I, then I got really into drawing like geometric shapes
1: and, uh, color relationships. And, um, do you think, sorry, do you think that, you know, all the years as you're kind of like, you know, chasing themes and just kind of, you know, you get inspired to go down this path. Like, do you think that's just part of it? Like, do you think you just have to try all these different things? And then the minute you get exposed to something like those books, you know, right away that, uh, this is what I'm, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm, this is the path I want to go investigate. I think there's something that like, uh, there's
0: some kind of like buzzer or something. Cause even when I was at ACAD, I, I was researching, like I was really into colors. I I wasn't really like too deep on patterns and like all like the super crazy line work and stuff yet, but I made this one painting and I, it was just like an experiment. And it was just like a, a yellow painting that repeated in different shades of yellow. And this one professor, I'd had him before, but uh, he wasn't teaching me at the time. He just came to my desk and he's like, he's like, what is this? And, I, and he's like a really smart, kind of like pretentious guy. And I was like, uh, it's a painting. And he's like, well, yeah, I know that, but do you know what you painted? And I was like a yellow painting. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he was like he, he told me this scientist to look up. and uh, it' was basically this scientist that like discovered how certain colors placed together make illusionary gradients because of their because of their hues and values and basically like their the specs of those colors. So like I looked up that guy. And then I kind of got like, I was like really interested in it. Cause it was like, a, it, he was originally just a scientist. He wasn't an artist, but he figured out that color. Um, he figured out that color principle because he was working in a factory of uh, making tactiles. So they're having issues putting, putting certain colors together because in the blankets or whatever they're making, some of them would look weird. And the clients would be like, this, does yeah. this looks strange. Hmm. So that was one kind of thing that got me like really into it. Cause then it, it turned into like, it turned art and science into like a collaboration,
1: which is fascinating.
0: Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to dig more into this. And that was my last year of, of ACAD when I was writing my grad paper.
1: That's when you figured this out.
0: Yeah. And so that was like right at the beginning of the year. So then he kind of started feeding me all these other artists and like scientists. And then showing me like works that like oh you should like if you made you just made a painting like this you should you should look at this guy's work because it's like almost the exact same but this was 1971 so and then mm-hmm. so then you're like learning the history and learning the new info at the same time yep. so then it kind of kind of just gives you like the full circle of knowledge and uh, yeah since since graduating that's when i kind of like stuck to this uh to op
1: art and then uh it's crazy do you sorry do you think it's um when you see the history behind it and you you know and the science behind it, it does it give you more confidence that you're you're on something you know there's a reason that you're it's speaking to you like it's not random there's actually some science behind it to actually um inspire you does it does it like give you confidence knowing that this path that you're thinking about is actually makes sense. It's not super random.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, the fact that it like, the fact that op art uses like colors and lines and like principles and theories and it combines them to make a product. um, There's also this other theory that I studied called Gestalt theory and that's basically what it is And Gestalt theory, like the, the premise of it is the, the sum of the individual parts is greater, no, the, the sum of the parts is greater than the individual. So like when you have all these certain things, they don't do anything, but when you put them all together, something's made that is only created because of all those things. And op art is really like that because if I have like a four color painting and it's doing like some magical thing to your eyes, if you take away the red from the painting, then that whole, that effect is gone. Mm. So I almost looked at it as like a, they're almost like equations or like, or like experiments. Mm. So for me, that's what, that's what really fascinated me in that work because it, it turned, an, it turned, uh, it turned artwork into like a, almost into like a, like a, like if you were to like cook a dish or like, like you need all the components mm. for it to become the final masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that that's what got me really uh, like kind of hooked
1: on it. Mm. Um, when you were a youngster, like, did you, when you were kind of moving through space, like walking around wherever you grew up, like in Calgary here, like, were you looking at things differently? You know, were you looking at, um, playgrounds or cars or roads or just were you looking at lines differently back then? Yeah. So, so one thing I, I talk about in a lot
0: of my work is, uh, a lot of like the patterns and colors and like shapes that I use, uh, are often picked from like architecture Or uh, I look at a lot of signage or like I I look at a lot of like um, like brickwork or like patterns in in like uh, like on the ground or like even like the patterns you see on like a manhole or kind of like kind of any kind of like any kind of work that involves trying to think of some other things. I think architecture and like infrastructure the most because especially once I traveled, that's when it like really, I really started like looking at like, almost everything. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's like a million ways to build a brick wall, for example, and then there's a million different kinds of bricks. And then there's guys that make the brick wall just, they just stack the bricks, yeah. then there's some guys that build it in, they somehow make a circle of the bricks in the middle of the wall, mm-hmm. and then do another circle. So then I started getting really interested and I started noticing those things more and more as I studied, cause then those things would catch my eye. Whereas before a blank wall, it would just be a blank wall.
1: So, uh. And yeah, and like when you're young, you know, like teenager, mm-hmm. are you looking at it differently? Are you looking at the world in a different light? Like being, like always drawing and always like messing around. Are you looking at things differently then? Or is he just like, just a regular kid? That likes to draw
0: so teenager teenager was kind of teenager i was kind of all over the place because i was like really into art and i was like really into going to like uh music festivals and like dj stuff mm-hmm. and i always loved all like the like the production value of those shows it's mm-hmm. so like all like the lasers and then like then you'd see like a, a, a pattern spinning on the wall yeah. and, it, and it related to the artwork that I was interested in so it kind of formed as like another inspiration but it was almost like another place to go to get more inspiration because like during the day you don't see those things and then at night time you see those things so it was kind of like uh it was kind of like getting like a double dose of what I was inspired by from different uh like places or
1: times mm-hmm Do you, um, do you think that like that inspirational piece, is it just, you can't really go look for it, can you? You kind of just have to be open to it or just like put yourself in situations to find it. Like how do you have you, or how do you approach it? You know, how do you find inspiration? Do you just like show up in places and just keep your eyes open or do you actually go looking for it?
0: That's a really good question because
1: here's the thing here's the 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 why behind that question me as a like graphic designer creative person sometimes you get in those moments where you're like you're scrambling to figure something out a look a feel and you can't find it but then randomly you're just in a space and you see something like oh there it is you just it just kind of appears but i feel like and i'm wondering how you like all these years of being super creative you know how do you are you worried about being inspired or is it just happen organically for you? I think I think for me it's like a
0: I don't think it would ever be a I don't think there'd ever be a lack of inspiration just cuz like I told you I'm like I'm like a super visual person, like I'm always I'm always looking at everything and then uh I think one of the, like the biggest impacts in my career was In 2017, I went to Tokyo for my first time. And, uh, as soon as I got there, it's like, I I like landed right in Shibuya station. So like right in like the the busy, like the the famous crosswalk and just like all the signs and colors and patterns and everything there's opposite of here. So it's like colors, uh, design choices, like the sizes, the scales. So I was just like I was taking photos of like like I'm taking a photo of a pillar. My friends like what are you doing? And I'm like well this is a pattern on. The- <laughs> Do you not see this?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then uh and then yeah, so that trip it kind of like that trip kind of like set my inspiration meter off and I I took like I think I took like 20,000 photos that in like 10 days and I was just photoing like temples and like restaurants and like carpets inside of elevators and like, like you name it, I was taking photos. And then after that trip, I came back and uh, that's when I started to kind of realize that I can, I can pull inspiration from like so many more things. And then there's also so many things that are like so small and then it's so big. Like there were some buildings I was taking photos of and the, the building's like two hundred stories. It has crazy metal plating all over it. And then I'm also looking at like someone's mailbox opener and it's like six by six inches and it's like just as fascinating. So uh that was somewhere that was somewhere that kind of reminded me that like you can you can find inspiration in just about anything if you look hard enough. And then that kind of like that trip like started my like travel because I'd never traveled international alone before, and then after that I kind of like went crazy, so so now I've been like I've been like everywhere, hmm. so I try to do a lot of traveling. Yep, just keep it keep it fresh. Just keep it like keep your eyes. Yeah, and just like just kind of go to different places in the world, and I really like to uh, with like my color choices. I, I really like to document how different colors specifically are used in nature and, but then also used synthetically by like man in mm. different countries and cities. Like even just like a, a an easy example is like uh, this color of street signs. Cause like, if you look at the street signs here and then if you go to like Italy or like Croatia, they're used different colors for every single sign. And they're not like the same red or it's not like the same blue. And then, uh, then like cars and then like East troughs and like, just like every single thing you can think of if it, they've decided to, they've made a different decision Mm -hmm. for some reason. Mm -hmm. And there's not really a, there's no right or wrong, but it's just like that. That's, uh, another fuel for my
1: work. Um, so 2017, when did you graduate ACAD?
0: I graduated 2016 in the spring.
1: Okay. So after you graduate, when you um like when that teacher kind of sees that yellow painting and and like educates you on what you actually did, mm-hmm. is that rare? Is that rare that a teacher actually, um, puts in that extra time and starts like feeding you more information with 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 what you're kind of playing with? Well, with that one, it was kind of interesting
0: because uh, so like, most teachers are like at ACAD, I had a really good experience with all the professors. Like I thought everyone was very useful and like understanding and they're willing to listen and work with you but there's always like the odd teacher that's kind of like you know just like kind of like rude or like or you don't get along with but this one teacher that helped me uh I'd had him before in I think I had him in like first or second year and he's just kind of one of those more like teachers that was like kind of barked at people and was like he was just more of an intense dude and a lot of people were kind of like
1: really we we don't like his (laughs) (laughs) class yeah
0: and I always liked him because he's kind of goofy and like and he's really he's really really smart but uh that year was so strange because I made that painting at the beginning of the year and then he told me all this info and then I'm looking it up and then I wasn't in any of his courses so he there was no responsibility for him to tell me any of this and then uh you know, like a week would go by, I'd have a new painting or something, and he'd be like, "Oh, I seen you read this." And he'd be like, "Look up this artist," and then one day I was like, "I should probably look up this guy." Like, <laughs> like who I'm talking to? And he he'd, he he made he used to make a bunch of paintings that were in my like in the same genre as me. So I think that's why he kind of yeah, yeah. decided to lend some knowledge, mm-hmm. but. I think the funniest thing about the whole thing was like, I told you he was kind of like a hard teacher and like he could be pretty mean to people, but like mean in the way that like is like const- constructive mean, I guess yeah, like honest, constructive, like he'd be like, he'd be, he'd tell someone their painting sucks, but it's like, what he's saying? He's like, I know you can make it a, a better painting. But uh, when the jury crit at the end of the year came and in your last year, the jury crit, basically you have to write your, your full paper for the year and you have to make a whole body of work and then you show your whole body with your grad paper in front of the four professors and like if you pass, you pass. If you don't, you don't. So it's like pretty intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And he was supposed to be in the panel. And that's the only guy that that's that's who I wanted to hear from. You know you know what you'd say. All year I've been talking to this guy. <laughs> and then I like go in, I'm like, I'm like nervous. I set up. And then they're like, oh yeah, he's a, he's absent. I was like, what? I was like, I need, th- I need this report. <laughs> this guy gets me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I literally never got, I never heard from, cause I guess he went, he, I think he was away writing a PhD or it was some kind of educational purposes, but, uh, yeah, then I graduated and then I'd, I'd never seen him again. You haven't seen him? No. He has no idea what you're doing. No, he he added me on LinkedIn like a couple years ago, huh. and his page is like, you know, when you go on LinkedIn and they have just their name, mm-hmm. and like I mean, no job history, everything's nothing. gray. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, like
1: it could be him, <laughs> <laughs> could just be a fraud. No way. So, which is really a little unsettling, right? This one, this one person that yeah, ar- like I, armed I you. I honestly wanted to tell him thank you. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get to weird.
0: Yeah. And like his paintings are really cool he, i guess he's an author he has a phd in i think artistic education mm-hmm. or education through art or like it's one of those like trippy ones but um i never got to rehash that's trippy the, yeah. that whole
1: thing is like because as you as you're telling the story it feels very like you know i'm painting my own picture this mm-hmm. kind of, like, movie thing where there's a kid, like, you know, learning. And then this old guy is like, hey, like, doing all these, like, it feels very inspiring and, like, a real story. Yeah, he'd come by my desk and be like, look at this.
0: And it was it was almost like, who are you? <laughs> like, you're helping me win. <laughs> <laughs> I got the cheat code. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, and then uh, I don't think he teaches at the college anymore. Hmm. I'm not sure because I know he. I know he got a PhD in something like, and I think he. I think he's originally American. Okay. So he could have went back to yeah. maybe he got into some big school there or. Have you have you put um, much energy into tracking him down? So, a while ago, I told you he added me on LinkedIn, yeah. and then uh, I like found like a. I thought it would be his like website, mm-hmm. but it just showed like his book that he wrote. And then it had, like, a couple thumbnails of his paintings. But you know when someone uploads a thumbnail and it's, like, from, like, Windows 98? So it was, like, I clicked on it and it was, like, yeah, this yeah. big. And then it was, like, 17 <laughs> pixels. And I was, like, okay. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is.
1: <laughs>
0: Crazy. And then, uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Like, strange. Yeah. Like, as, as you're telling this, I could see how, like, you're like...
0: And, like, he doesn't go to any art openings. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the professors, you'll, you'll see them at, like, uh, like the Esker or, like, mm-hmm. the Glembo when, whenever it's going to be done. Yeah. But uh, he's just, like, one of those hidden mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I hope... Well, it'll be fun to stay connected, and if it actually... If that connection, reconnection happens, it'll be funny if it... Well, yeah,
0: what else I was going to say to you, I was on his website and I was looking everywhere because usually people have like the contact me and it says like put your name and message and CCY or whatever, no email. Crickets. So I'm like, (laughs) can't even email this guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So strange. Um, When you were going to school, were you working at all? Were you like...
0: Yeah, so uh, I've always been all over the place because my mom... She used to, well, my like my mom and grandmother used to always paint their own houses, and then uh, my parents got divorced. I was pretty young; I think it was like 1999, so I was like six or seven. So we did like a lot of moving between my mom and my dad. So like there was always painting being done, and I was, they're like, "Oh, you're an art, you're the art guy. <laughs> Brush or roller, what do you want?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I got really good at it. And yeah. then, uh, during a I worked for a couple different painting companies and then when I finished a cat, I just, uh, I just opened up like a sole proprietor oh, yeah. just so I can kind of just, so, I'm, so I don't have to like have a firm schedule and then I can kind of work by myself or I can like, someone can hire me yeah. just so I can kind of keep things a bit more, uh, so if I, so if I get some crazy job, I can just go. So, uh, I do that and then, uh, I do my painting yep. and then my brother has a construction company and, uh, I used to help him with some of that stuff, but it's kind of grown out of my, uh, set Cause now they're doing like, they got tickets for
1: every, I'm just a painter. <laughs> <laughs> so you need something painted. Let me know. <laughs> so it's just been this like job site. You've been on job sites for a lot of years. Yeah, and mostly uh, if I am doing like
0: the non-art stuff, I usually always just paint interior because like obviously you've seen my paintings, like how clean I'm, I'm like the, I'm the clean guy. So I like interior because I'm really good at it.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Um, So your travel thing, it sounds 2017, what was the, you know, if you didn't travel leading up to that, what was the push to go?
0: This is such a good story.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm glad I went here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 2017, I, I used to hang out with this guy and we we're really good buddies and uh someone that we knew went on some, some like Southeast Asia trip and like I think it was just like Thailand. And then he said to me he's like, "Why haven't we haven't gone on a trip and like done anything crazy?" I'm like, "Well then why why don't we?" Cuz you, you never had, right? Yeah, I'd never I've been to like Cuba with my mom.
1: Yeah. Just wasn't a thing growing up. Like it just wasn't yeah, part of your family I,
0: thing. Yeah, like we never did anything like, like I, I wanted to go like, I wanted to be like the, the 1%. Like I wanted to like go somewhere far. And then my buddy was like, well, we should go. And I'm like, okay, well, where? And he's like, you pick, we'll go. So now I just like opened up the internet the one day and I was looking. And then uh, Tokyo came up and I looked at it and I'm like, I bet I'll feel like pretty 1% there. Cause I wanted to go somewhere where like I don't speak the language, don't know anyone, don't know anything. Like I wanted to like, I wanted to just drop myself somewhere and see like what it's like.
1: Like sink or swim. You just wanted to like figure mm-hmm. it out.
0: So we booked, we booked a two week trip to Japan, and uh, we landed in Tokyo, and then we went and did Nara, Osaka, Kyoto, and then back to Tokyo, and uh, land in Tokyo starts out great. We get to Nara. Nara's like the town of like the deers. So there's like these deers that just walk around and they've kind of like rounded their horns off so they don't like attack you, but you can like feed the deers and stuff. And, um, there's like a really famous temple there. I think it's, don't quote me. I think it's called Tudeji and it's the largest wooden, it's the largest wooden temple made of only wood in the world. And like you wouldn't believe how big this thing is. Like, like I walked up to it and I was like, seriously, (laughs) there's no nails. (laughs) So we like saw that everything's going good on the trip. And then, uh, we get to Osaka and it's like torrential downpouring. We like find our Airbnb. We like go get some ramen. And then I was like, we were like in Osaka, there's like this famous canal. And there's like a, there's like, it's kind of like the youth district and there's like club after club, after food, food, like uh, sh- designer shopping. Like it's just like everything youth. And the one night I'm like, yo, we should like go out and like party and have some drinks. We find this one nightclub and the guy looks at us and he's like, he like shows us the sign in English and it's like 25 bucks to get in or $40 all you can drink. And I'm like, this sounds so dangerous. So we picked the $40 one. <laughs> and then, uh, man, it's like a couple, couple hours goes by. I think we went to like, a, because I think there was like three or four bars that were like all connected kind of. So they're like, oh, yeah, if you have the wristband, you can go across the street into that one. So we're jumping around and everything. And at one point, we were talking to these Australian guys. And uh, I'm like, Yo, where's my buddy? And then I like go and look in the other club, can't find him. Go in the other club, can't find him. I look at his phone, my phone is dead. So then I walk back to the Airbnb, and I just get I just get hit in the face with a full can of like Pepsi or something, and my nose starts bleeding, and I'm like, What the? And then he's standing like as close as you are, and he's like, You left me. And I'm like. I'm looking for you. (laughs) And then he's like, no, you left. And I'm like, dude, you threw a a can of Coke at my face. And like, it was just such a mess. I'm like, let's just go back to the room. Cause like, if you get arrested in Japan, you're, you're, it's bad. So we go back to the room and he's freaking out. And I'm just trying to like explain to him what happened. And at one point he just grabs his bag, walks out the door. And this is like six in the morning. And I'm just like, and I'm in this, the room's like six by six feet. And I'm like, okay. Uh. So then I like put my head down and then like, boom, The Airbnb, like janitor knocks on the window. It's like 9am. They're like, you're out. So then I go and sit down at that canal and I like have my bags and I like FaceTime my friend. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, Mark left. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like mark left and then i had uh that day i had to take the bullet train to kyoto and then i had five days in kyoto and then i had five days in tokyo so then i and then i talked to my brother and like all my friends and they're like well yo you already paid for everything you're there it's like might as well just make the best of it so i just stayed and uh I had the absolute sickest time, like so fun. Like the first couple of days I was super shook cause I was like, yeah, I'm pretty far away from home <laughs> by myself. And then, uh, that's the one thing about Japan is like everyone's, well, I can't say everyone, but I was lucky, fortunate enough to run into like a lot of nice people, polite people. And like, yeah, I just like, I did, I was not worried the whole time. So then in Kyoto, I went and, like, I visited a bunch of uh, temples. I can't remember the actual name of the one, but there's, like, the Golden p- Pavilion, and it's, like, all 24-karat gold, and it's surrounded by, like, a moat. It's, like, it looks like it's out of, like, a movie. And then uh, I kind of, like, gained my courage back. And then the one night I was, like, well, last night I went out clubbing. It sucked, so I was, like, going myself this time and I go to this nightclub. I I went there at one in the morning. I get there and there's like 400 people outside the club. I'm like, who? Then I finally get in and I'm like, kind of just standing there awkward. And these three guys, they're like looking at me. And the one guy just whips out his phone, types it in. He's like, and it says, are you German? And I, I take the phone, I'm like, put Canadian, put it back. And then he's just like, you look lonely, drinking game question mark and I was like sure (laughs) and then we went to the there's like a a, like a famous river right beside where we were hanging out and then we just played rock paper scissors at the river and smoked cigarettes and drank for like six hours that was the night didn't even talk just all like simple hand kind of and then these guys they walked me back to the Airbnb at 10 in the morning gave me hugs and they were like safe travels and I was like crazy how your friend will leave you on one side of the world and then people you don't even know walk you home (laughs) (laughs) crazy man (laughs) Man. and then I went to Tokyo by myself and I was just like that felt just like being like an ant in like at like a 20,000 ant hills and I, I was just like it was just cool. I just walked around and ate food and took photos for five days. Like went to Yoyogi park, went to like art, the art museum, galleries, Mm. all the shoe stores. there are crazy. So that kind of like, that was my spark to traveling. And then after that I traveled 2018, 19, 2020 I didn't get to do anything. Then 2021, Twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, I traveled as well.
1: And is it is it um like you are making a conscious effort to travel now?
0: Are you being very selective where you go and why you are going there? So I usually I usually go for uh, like I try to find artist residency programs. Okay. I also do some traveling just just for fun, but uh, with the artist residency programs, you kind of like they're kind of getting hard to find now because I think they're getting a, a little bit of. <clears throat> Uh, like maybe oversaturated is the word, but, uh, most of the ones I've done is I'll, I go to like a place that's like quite a bit of older, a city Mm -hmm. and like not very popular. And they'll have kind of like a revitalization or like an artist program that kind of brings some excitement to the city. So like the first one I did was I went to Rota in Spain and it's like a little surf town off the South tip the very Southern tip and uh, it's only like 2000 people during the year, but it's like kind of like, it's kind of like one of their Mexicos. Cause like they said in the summer, there's like 120,000, but I went there in March. So there was like, it was just like a ghost town. Hmm. So I like I painted a big mural there.
1: So how do, how do these, sorry, I'm being ignorant, but what are, what are these programs? so? they hire you to come down and do something or like what, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. So artist residency, that's a great question. Cause they've changed. Well, I wouldn't say they've changed, but there's so many types. Cause like, for instance, there's, there's types that you can go to like, like the one I went to, they, they basically paid for, they paid for me to stay there. They paid for like my paint. They basically paid for everything except my flight and my food. Mm. And they are like, the exchange is like, you know, create a public piece of work for us. And you get to explore the city of Rhoda. Cool. And then then there's some that are, there's some that are a bit more like research-based where you like, you'll go to like, let's say you'll be on like a farm or like a beach house somewhere. And there's no expectation of you to do anything. They just want you to like do whatever you want. Like you can meditate the whole month. Mm-hmm. But usually those ones, you they're like, okay, um, thousand bucks a month or something yep and then there's the residencies that like everyone applies for that are like the they're like the jackpots where it's like this the the bank is hosting the the residency you get to stay in toronto they hang your work in the bank for the month and you get 20k but it's like those ones it's like you know there's going to be a hundred thousand people applying and uh for me at the beginning of my kind of like Cause I kept seeing people doing residencies and that's why I started applying for them. Cause I was like, well, I want to, I want to, after my Tokyo trip, I was like, I want to travel, but I don't want to spend a million dollars. So I started looking for these programs and I was looking for the ones that were like, kind of like off the beaten track. Yeah, a little obscure. So I did the Spain one and it was, it was gorgeous. I went to Barcelona, Vienna.
1: What were you making when you, when you were going to these places? Like all different, different installs or what were you doing?
0: mostly painting murals and then I I usually paint paintings when I go to those places and just leave them there with like friends or the gallery or something. Mm -hmm. But then the next one I did was like even smaller. And I went to, uh, I went to this city called Graniti in Sicily. And it's in the area of Catania, but Graniti is actually like nestled on like the edge of Mount Etna. So it's like in this massive valley and the city's like 200 years old. Like it, it does not look real. Mm. And there's only like, I think 900 people living there because there's like, there's no schools, there's no hospital. There's like no gasoline. Like it's basically like the oldest town, but there's like a town 10 kilometers away that like keeps it alive, Mm. but all the old people won't leave. So they started this program called Graniti Murales. So I went there and, uh, I stayed in this lady's house. I think, I think she, her family had owned the house for like 300 years. And I was staying in this lady's bedroom. Like she rented us the house. And then, uh, I painted this massive mural. How big when you say massive. This one was, it was like a hundred feet long by like 12 feet tall. Crazy. So it was like this retaining wall that would it was a dividing her property from the road. Yeah. And uh, it was hilarious because like the wall was like it was like cinder block, but they're cinder blocks from like sixteen hundred. Like they were like so eroded, and like because it was so close to the Mediterranean, I think the salt must have like started to dissolve. Like they weren't like f- f- nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. So I used like. A million gallons of paint just
1: kept on get sucked, like it pulled like, into. Like they
0: like, put the paint on it, and then they would just like it's
1: just suck so in. <laughs>
0: but this lady, her name was Maria. She was like, I think she was eighty-seven. She was like maybe this tall, like hunched over, just three feet. <laughs> and uh, I think the coordinator's name, I think his name was Jeff. And uh, he just said, he's like, if Maria comes out and waves at you, like go inside, or it's like disrespectful. So like every day I'd have like espresso with her. And then she'd like, she'd bring espresso and wine 10 a.m. And I'd said so wine, espresso, have a cigarette or something. And then uh, every day at lunchtime, she, I'd like, she'd come bring me into her house. And it was a table kind of like this. And she'd put it in the middle and she'd serve me. And then she would talk in Sicilian the whole time. And I just had no clue and I would just eat. And then the one day I'm like... I'm thinking it's just another normal day. And she's like, she's like, come, come and eat. And I walk in and there's like 40 people (laughs) and they're all around the table. And and I'm at the head of the table and I'm like, (laughs) and everyone's looking at me like, Holy, who is this? (laughs) And then I sit down and I look and like all the pasta, every day it was pasta. Amazing. I'm sure. Oh my God. But this one, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it was like, there was like the pasta, there was like a a meat sauce and then there was like this container and it, it almost looked like, like it almost looked like fillets of fish, but like more, more like octopus or squid, but it was like very gray and it was definitely not cooked and you could tell it was really cold. Like, you could see, like, the co- the condensation on the container. And I looked at it, I'm like, this looks like a, a funky combo. And then everyone's looking at me, and she's like, you first. So, like I, I put the noodles, <laughs> and I put some of the sauce, and then she just grabs the ladle of the cold stuff and just, like,
1: <laughs>
0: and I look at it, and I'm like, well, they're definitely expecting me to eat all that. <laughs> And then I did like the mixed bite, you know, (laughs) (laughs) mix it all around. And it was like, she must've just taken it out of the freezer. So then that mixed with like the super hot sauce and then the, the pasta and it wasn't bad or anything. It was just such like a odd combo. And then we all ate and then everyone talked for like, like probably 45 minutes. And then I was back
1: to painting. How, how long were you painting that mural? Like a hundred, like it sounds like a hundred feet's massive.
0: It would have took me like a lot less if like, cause of the, of the paint and yep. the materials. Yep. But like, it probably took me like seven days, mm-hmm. but it was also just cause the temperature was kind of weird. It was like, it was like 21 and like kind of humid, but because they were so close to the Mediterranean, it's like, Like, let's say we're painting here, like at that window, like you could, it it would cut down pretty heavily. If you see the clouds coming in from like, even like, it looks like it's like a hundred kilometers, everyone would be like, it's going to rain in 20 minutes, like Mm -hmm. pack up. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the cloud went over, then it'd be sunny. Mm -hmm. Like the weather would change so quickly Mm -hmm. and oftenly. So uh, I was kind of in and out and then, And like I said, these guys were just like, they were always like the, the one day I was painting and I was like on the ground and then this old man taps my shoulder and he's like, and I'm like, yo, I ate with you guys yesterday. Like, (laughs) and then I get dragged into this other house and it was this guy's 40th birthday and they just started eating. And the table was like, it was like 80 people and it, it was, they only had the men at the table. And then all the women were bringing the food and the wine and everything. And I guess I got there just when it started. And then this this little boy comes running up to me and he's like, I speak English. And I was like, I'm like, what's going on here? She's like, he's like, it's my uncle's 40th. Look at him. And he's in the corner. Just. (laughs) K.O. Already done. And I'm like, and he's like, we're just starting dinner. And like. Yo, I've never, I've never eaten that much. They like started with proteins and it was like, it was like six different types of protein. Then they brought out like vegetables. Then it was pasta. Then it was peppers. Then it was like deli meats. And then it was like, then and it, with everything, it was wine. And then they had like beer and then they had pop. And then at the very end, it's like cake. And I'm like, I'm like just one piece of cake. And then the the grandma brings me the thing and she gave me one piece of every cake. So there was like nine slices of cake. I was like, I'm not painting. I'm going to bed after this. Like I painted for 20 minutes that day because I was there for four and a half
1: hours. (laughs) Do you, when you, you know, these experiences are very unique, right? Like Mm -hmm. top to bottom. Oh yeah. Do you, um, do they happen more often than not, like, do you think you're just being thoughtful of where you're going? Right, you're putting this, you're putting yourself in these unique situations. Like, mm-hmm. something different's gonna happen there. Like, do you know, do you think about these things, or is it just like your move to go to these quiet places? I don't know. I think
0: I, I think uh, I think maybe just because me being an artist and like standing out and being and a lot of the places I have gone to do my art are places that like. For one i do stand out and then two they're like an artist like why, why why would you come and do art here and then three it's like i think i might just have like a, a good luck with people that with friendly people
1: do you feel that like do you feel that in general like when, when you move you know, obviously just being in calgary meeting different people and traveling obviously you feel like there's that magnet
0: yeah like i like i have every single place i've gone i've like either met well, I've met people for sure, but I've I've stayed at people's houses. Like I have all their numbers on WhatsApp. I talk to them all the time. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It always, it always ends up, I guess the best way I can describe it to you is every time I go on a trip, I always end up eating at someone's dinner table with their family. And I'm like, I don't think this happens to just anyone. (laughs) It's a totally different experience, right? (laughs) Yeah, because some people go on a trip and they just stay in the hotel. Mm -hmm. They go take a couple photos of the stuff, go to the nice restaurant, and then they're back on the plane.
1: Do you feel like it's big, you know, obviously art's the big connection, but you're like, you're if you're putting a, like installing, doing a mural somewhere in a public place, like you're in their community, right? You're Mm -hmm. adding to their community. I wonder if that's like part of the that energy, like they're looking at you, like you're doing something positive for them. So they're more willing to kind of bring into their world. Well, that was like, uh, I did Guadalajara last year in
0: January. And, uh, I painted this, I painted another, like one of those really long rectangular walls and it was on this,
1: uh, Sorry, do they, this is, I'm just like fascinating to me. Do they, when you get there before you get there, do they show you what, what they want you to do or how does that work? So usually my
0: process is like, especially with my work because I have a lot of like, there's some patterns. People are like, this. I can't look at this. Some people like, they like the really chill ones. Um, I usually always get a, I'll get them to take a photo or a, or I'll get blueprint prints or a render. Yep. And then I'll Photoshop a bunch of stuff. Gotcha. To kind of give them an idea. So you know,
1: you know the space you're gonna go work with before you get there. Yeah. Okay.
0: And just so the client's kind of like aware of what I'm doing and then, then everyone's kind of yep. on the same page. Mm. But yeah, this one in Mexico, because uh, in Mexico, if I, the schooling system is, it, I can't remember if I'm correct, but most people in Mexico are Catholic, but the Catholic schools that aren't private are pretty dangerous. Mm so there's a lot of private catholic schools and then university is paid for by the government but a lot of people don't end up making it because it's hard for them to get enough money to like just like eat and live and go to university Mm -hmm. so this one private school that was by the residency they have this massive white wall around it so none of the other students or kids are like infiltrating because mm-hmm. it looked like a really nice school too but uh I was painting this wall and like they picked the wall mainly because in the morning it had all these palm trees along it so like a lot, of, a lot of people would sleep against the wall and like throw their garbage so I cleaned it all up and started painting and all these old people that usually probably just waiting for their kids but they were like they were like so pumped that i was painting this this wall yeah. and they were just like just saying basic spanish stuff and like oh uh, magnifique or magnifico or mm-hmm. and like they're just they were just like very uh thankful that i was like changing the environment or like helping make it more friendly yeah. and uh yeah it's a, a lot of people like it and then i guess like the the funniest thing about public art is, like, the grandmas are your, like, those are the superheroes. then the grandpas are always, like, they put their hands behind their back and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, this is the response I get every time. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and then there's always that one artist guy that comes by that, like, looks like a super rich, like like, fashionista artist guy, and they're like, you should be in New York, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, you guys. Uh, I'll just write these down. Noted.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, during public art, you always get like the funniest interactions. But the best though is like the the older ladies and and the kids. The kids always love it.
1: When you um when you finish these pieces, what does it what does it feel like when you like step back, look at it and then walk away and fly home like what is that feeling like when you're when you complete something
0: for the ones for traveling it's uh I don't know it gives me such a weird experience because for me especially too when I'm whenever I'm painting a big project like it's hard to compare it to anything else but when I'm when I'm painting something and I spend so many hours looking at it or like even like for a good example like in my studio like if I'm working on like a painting like that that's on the wall and I'm, I'm working on that all day yeah. or for like for a couple of days and I finally finish it and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's good. It's done. I don't really like, I'm not like ecstatic. I'm like kind of just like, you know, what, it's done. I take a photo and then, then I won't look at it and then I'll, I'll drive home or like I'll wake up the next day, I open my phone and look at it. And then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's nice cuz like my eyes have kind of had like a break. It's like it's kind of like if you listen to your favorite song, like let's say a new song comes out, it's your favorite song. You listen to it like 30 times in a row f- for 7 days straight. Well, that one day you put on the song, you're like it's just like it, yeah. it doesn't give you that same kick. Yeah. But then 3 months later it comes on shuffle and you're you're like, whew, that's that is a that is a good song." Yeah. That's what those uh, projects do for me mm. and then they'll, i'll be on my website or like something something will pop up in a memory and it'll be like oh remember when you were in like croatia painting this and i'm like oh yeah i guess i was I, I'm do, like is it almost like that was me yeah sometimes sometimes i forget like especially like when in some years when so many things happen yeah. and some projects like i think some projects you don't like like because so much happens when you do like a public art project that I think sometimes you forget like the like the finished feeling isn't really like the biggest feeling because there's so much stuff put into it so like when you're done you're like you're pretty tired so there's not really like a victory cheer the victory cheer is kind of like a month later you like see photos or you see people in front of it or someone's like hey I saw your work in uh in Colombia that was crazy project then you kind of like pat yourself on the back
1: mm. do you feel like it's um like to 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 do these projects is a <clears throat> like it takes a lot of energy and emotion like is it draining like is it draining when you're done you're just like okay I need to like step away and recharge and that's why you're feeling these when people take a picture and like mm-hmm. hey man this is crazy and you're like oh yeah that is crazy
0: I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's another good question. And me and my buddy, uh, Alex Kwong, he's another artist in town. He, uh, me and him had a lot of talking about that. Cause I, th- I don't know if it's similar for a lot of people, but when I first started painting murals and like big walls, it is, it is intimidating cause it's like a bigger surface and like you want to get it done. You want to do it like efficiently. You want people to be like, Oh yeah. Like he didn't spend three years painting this, eight by eight foot and then uh there's like a lot of stresses behind those kind of projects and then like if materials go wrong or like if you buy the wrong colors or maybe you can't take them back as expense like like there's so many things that can like go wrong but uh I've kind of gotten to this I've kind of gotten to this mindset with with public art painting that to just like not let anything bother me and to like not not get frustrated or not like, cause like I see a lot and like me and Alex talk, cause me and Alex started painting together. Like we've been applying for a lot of projects and stuff. Cool. We're trying to get some like really big collaborations. And this summer we painted a wall and it was a massive, it was like, I think it was 80 by 25 feet. And we painted it in like two days. And then someone asked us like, oh, that must've been a lot of work. Like, aren't you guys tired? And we are just, we were just like, I I don't think I'd even sweat or spend any any energy. I'm like, if anything, I spend more time laughing and having fun, mm. and I think that's like the. If you can tap into that kind of approach, yeah. then it's then it's not hard work anymore, yeah. and I don't think I don't think. I guess like art's different for everyone, but for me, I don't think art should be like hard work in that sense where you're like drained and like beaten up maybe if you're making a piece that's like very emotional and like that from that kind of but like I guess where I'm speaking about is like when people like work overwork themselves I'm like then that doesn't then that almost kind of takes away from the art piece it's like if someone were to make a song and you like you're just forcing it and trying to make it better and better and better by the end of it it's like you've almost made it worse because it's not you're like overworking it so uh i tried to approach with like a very easygoing laid-back uh drive
1: turtle instead of rabbit and then <clears throat> the idea of working with somebody now or mm-hmm. off and on an interesting experiment just to like vibe with somebody on the you know artistically That yeah so me and alex we've
0: we've done a couple works together and then uh we only became friends a couple years ago through some mutual friends and uh, me and him we are very different but we are like kind of alike but he he's also taught me a lot about like kind of just like relaxing and just like don't it, it doesn't have to be nothing has to be as serious as you make it like if something really bad happens you getting all worked up isn't gonna that's not gonna put the bolt on the it's, just, it's not going to fix the drill. Yeah. So uh I take a lot of his uh a lot of things that he's told me I consider it quite a lot mm-hmm. and then uh I know he's also taken a lot of stuff from me from just like cuz I I'm like very positive and optimistic about my practice. Like I don't like to like if I don't get a project I don't like freak out. I just like well maybe the project's better for someone else. Yeah. Like so i think it really depends and i think as an artist you have to you do have to be very careful and uh mindful to your brain because your brain is like your engine so if your engine breaks down yeah. then you're not gonna be making
1: any art what do you do for that besides you know besides the approach of you know op you know being optimistic and positive what else do you do i feel like music's a thing for you
0: <laughs> i listen to a lot of music Yep, and uh i'm kind of all over the place with music Cause like I told you, I used I used to go to a lot of like party stuff and like festivals. I still like that music, but it, it was like such a stage of my. It was just such a stage in my life that I almost think just associate it now with like, with like strictly partying kind of, mm-hmm. or at least most of that kind of music. Like like I like I can sit I can sit down and chill and listen to like like house music, yep. but like dubstep or techno or any of those like hardcore kind of heavier stuff. I can't really, uh, I just associate that with like, I'm going, I'm not doing art stuff, but with art, like, uh, I really like listening to like hip hop, um, like lo-fi. What else do I listen to?
1: Just keeps your head kind of in the right spot to do your thing.
0: Yeah. Kind of music that's more melodic and like, and and, like, a lot of hip-hop, that's kind of, like, a bit more, uh, like, positive and, like, less, like, because there's, there's so much, like, commercial hip-hop now that they just talk about money, and then there's a lot of, there's a like gangster hip-hop, they just talk about, like, cars and cash. So, like, I try to find things that are a bit more relatable. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess one I completely forgot is I love listening to disco Disco is like a really good one for me, Mm. especially for the studio. Cause it like, uh, it's, it's like energizing kind of keeps me on my feet. Keeps me in a good mood. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then yeah, I discovered lo-fi music. It must've been like four or five years ago. I can't even remember where just, I think I was in a lounge somewhere or something, but it was just like super lo-fi they had like butterfly effect in the background like like it was almost like a daydream song and I was like this is like really nice like this would be good to paint too mm-hmm. and like so like usually in the morning if I'm I go to the studio I like put on lo-fi like get all ready have coffee and then as the day progresses I'll put on like like house music or techno or like maybe some uh some types of hip-hop or but yeah, music is a big drive of like, uh,
1: just like uh, picking my mood. Yeah, for sure. Do you um? How do you balance the the work now? Like, do you look at the studio work as like this uh, strict schedule, or do you have to be inspired to start getting into the studio, or is it project by project? Like, how do you kind of map your time against creating? Oh man, that's. Or is that's, it just all over the map? I'm like.
0: So like I'll have projects that I'm like, like, let's say I have a commission and it's due in like next Friday, I'll be like adamant at like going in and make sure it's done way before. But then even like the other week I had no, nothing due, no plans. No, like I, I didn't have, I could have just sat in bed all week, but every day I went to the studio at seven in the morning and was just painting.
1: Which is important, right? Like, mm-hmm. just to have the routine of, like, this is this is work. Well, I, I almost, like, guilt myself
0: sometimes because if I'm just, like, doing nothing, I'm like, well, I could be painting. Yeah. And it's, like, I could, something really good could happen mm-hmm. instead of me just, like, not painting. Yeah. But then me and Alex, uh, we also had another t- good chat about, like, like, because you know how sometimes people force themselves to create? They're like, oh, like, I need to haven't made something in a while I should be making or like, Oh, like, like I I need, I need to like find this or I need to discover this. Sometimes when you when you force a journey is when like is the worst time to take one. So then I've also been focusing on a lot of days where it's like, if my brain is like, I do not want to paint today, then like, I make I try to make a really big effort not to be like do still be productive but like don't go and do something that your brain is like saying like do not do this cuz then it's like then then it's already influencing like it's not the right influence. Yeah.
1: That energy that's going into it is not going to mm-hmm. it's not going to give you what you want. Yeah, paintings, paintings uh it's, it's all mean, over the place. It's a mind thing. Do you um when you're coming out of school was this on your radar to do this full time, to do you know public installations, to do commissions? Did you have an idea of what you're going to do when you were coming out of school?
0: I literally had
1: like no, no plan. And is that was that intimidating or nerve wracking? That's It's such
0: a. Dude, and then because like I was kind of when I when I was when I went to art school and finished art school, I was kind of in that like angst. Like, I was kind of just like against. I wasn't angry, but I was like kind of like. I was like, how the hell does this work? Like, you just finish art school and then they they they're basically just like, uh, the first years are coming. Yeah, now, you're now. Re- <laughs> next, <laughs> and then. Uh, For me, I I got like, I got like the super blessing of a lifetime because, uh, in my studio, I told you there's like the 10 people in a studio, this girl beside me, uh, uh, her name is Shiloh Wolf. She was a friend of mine and, uh, she was interning at the Herringer Kiss Gallery. And, um, one day she just said to me, she said, Hey, I, I really like your work. Can you, uh, can we sit down and talk about it? So she sat down at my desk, I kind of told her what I'm working on and researching. And she's like, Oh, well you should, uh, you should bring a couple of these paintings down to Herringer Kiss. I think Deborah would like to talk to you. And at that point I didn't even know who Deborah was, but I just knew it was the gallery. So I was like, well, yeah, I'll bring my work to a gallery. <laughs> so I go there and I meet Deborah and, um, Her plan, like she just had like a corner in the back of the gallery. And she just wanted to, she just wanted to showcase a student's work as a, what you call it, an incubator space, just to kind of like show an up and coming student. So she picked me. I brought her the painting, she hung it up. And this was like, this had to be like May or June. And then uh, it must have been July. She called me and she's like, hey, Reese, can you come down to the gallery? So I, I go down to the gallery and the, the whole gallery was empty. And, and she's like, yeah, like, so the artist that I was supposed to have a solo show for this upcoming month had uh, an emergency and had to cancel. And she looked at me and she's like, do you want to have a show? And I was just, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure.
1: What does that mean?
0: And then she's like, she's like, I'm assuming you have enough work because you just finished school, like five years of paintings in my in my room. I'm like, yeah, I have a couple paintings. <laughs> so then I brought them all down and uh, hung them up and everything. Had the show and I was like, I was super nervous too. Cause like
1: this like 2016, 17. Yeah. Summer ish. 2016.
0: Ish. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> and I was super nervous cause like a, a lot of my professors said they're going to come obviously colleagues. Yeah. And then I also just thought about like how friends might perceive it and like how some people might get a little bit, uh, a little bit like angry or a little bit like, Jealous. yeah, just like, just all those kind of mixed emotions when things happen really quickly. And uh, the show went really well. And then uh, went home that night, celebrated with all my friends and everything. And then like a week later, Deborah, she basically just like whipped up a contract and was like, do you want to work with me? And then that was kind of like the, that was like
1: the birth of my career. Amazing. Unexpected. Yeah. Because like lost, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like lost soul coming out of school. Didn't yeah, know, what, like, didn't I, know like, what you could do, like what was even possible? Like my, like I
0: did not have a single goal or like I did not have a plan. Like the day I finished, I was just like, I'm just going to go party this summer because that's, pr- that's <laughs> what you I do. don't have a job. <laughs> 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 I was probably going to like paint some houses or something, you know? Yeah. But, uh and then during that time I did start painting murals because in, in 2011 when I was at ACAD, there was like a couple guys that would paint walls in Ingle, in Kensington, yeah. just like graffiti guys. And I, I'd ask them if I could come and like paint with them because I noticed they'd paint on the weekends, like Saturdays or Sundays. And I painted with them a couple times and stuff, but the graffiti guys always kind of like, graffiti guys always kind of like make fun of art school guys. That's kind of like, that's just like that's the, the thing. hierarchy of things. Yeah. yeah. So like I would go there and like, you know, I'd like hear the jabs and like, they're always, they're all older than me. And like, I just didn't really care. I just wanted to paint the wall. But then uh, as years happened and then I just kept painting, I still know a lot of these guys, but uh, it was just kind of funny to see like the the change of events. Cause like they would like kind of, they would kind of like knock abstract painting and then I was always kind of like, well, cool, man. Like, I'm, I'm not knocking your graffiti or anything, but. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, we're both painting a wall in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I don't think
0: we need to fight about it. <laughs> Crazy. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as I got with Deborah, that's kind of, it kind of put a little bit of like a candle under my, under my bottom to fucking just start working. Mm-hmm. And then uh I started applying for, sh- I had like a couple, of, I had like a small show at Art Commons. I had a small show at like the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. I kind of just started like applying myself. And then then I painted Bump. Yeah. I painted the first year of, I don't know if it was the first year of Bump, but it was 2018. So then I got into like the mural festival stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the year of bump is when I went to Spain and Sicily. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just been yeah, and then lots of private projects, then, then I've done a number of projects with the Telespark Science Center. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, and then just lots of travels, man. 2019 I did, I did a residency in Kuala Lumpur. And then 2020, I was supposed to go on a trip, but. Yep. Something happened. And then 2021, I did, I did Croatia, Bosnia and Slovenia, which was super cool. And then just this last year I did Guadalajara and then I did another residency in Kuala Lumpur in the
1: summer. Amazing. Do you, um, do you have an idea where this is all going? where this is all going
0: um i don't know that's that's a pretty that's pretty thick question
1: do you think um do you have a focus point are you focusing on are you going to keep everything going the residencies the commissions the gallery like are you going to keep it all kind of moving in a direction or is there something that's kind of you want to scratch
0: i think it's definitely like a like i think it's like i don't know if this is the right word emulating Like, everything is just, everything's been growing at such a nice, comfortable rate that I don't, I don't see really, I don't really see the need to, like, uh, take away or interfere with any of the processes right now. And, like, I'm always adding new things. Like, I'm working on some sculptures right now, which, like, I just kind of started doing last year. And then I've been focusing on collaboration a lot more in the last couple years and then um yeah i think i think the biggest thing is just uh, like i'm i'm just like always creating and i'm always eager to like if i don't have like a big wall project i'm i'm in the studio if i don't have a painting i'm going to work on the on a sculpture or i'm on the computer applying for residencies and travel and then like i think there's just so many avenues now that i can kind of keep myself busy even if there's not technically something to do, yeah. But uh, it's a great spot. The end goal right now is just to. Uh, I think I think I don't know what my end goal, but I guess what I what I'd like to see in the next while is I want to obviously see more of the world, and I do want to like create some much larger works on buildings. Like like apartment like size style like Like,
1: twenty floors like two hundred feet kind of thing
0: yeah like a really big one and then I'm really I'm like I'm really determined to get more into um, like uh, public art sculpture
1: I've seen some of the stuff you're and like sculpture like
0: like they like the big huge metal sculptures that are like kind of usually at like museums or like like stuff that's a bit more conceptual and like they kind of have a a more intellectual story to them because I just find those artworks to be like a bit more like that work that works very monumental like when you go into a museum and there's like a massive 20 foot steel thing and it like does something with sound and and your vision and and there's like science and stuff I, I look at that and I'm like that's that's something that I
1: wanna I, w- I would like to be known
0: for one of those one day
1: cool um it's been really cool man I love I love like not knowing anything about you <laughs> except <laughs> except how cool your art is and then you and I get to bullshit for you know for a duration of time to actually hear the story so really cool man yeah thank you man um I end the show with one question okay when I say Calgary where's your head go when you say Calgary, where does my head go?
0: My head goes to the old republic. No way. Yeah. No.
1: I just spent, down the street. Yeah. No way,
0: that was your I spent a lot of time there when I was a young guy. Hmm. And it was just like a it was one of those places where it didn't like when it had all like the neon lights and like I don't know specifically. I remember winter when everyone's like outside and it's minus forty, and you're trying to get in. But uh, I don't know. That's one spot of the city that I always think about. Amazing, yeah. So you,
1: you are here's my Republic story. This this might twist your mind up. Uh, 1994. I was going to the Republic, drinking dollar eighty doubles on a Thursday night. <laughs> that was their that was that was their thing so dollar ready doubles from like open till eight o'clock or something so you can picture what happens on a Thursday night at the Republic yeah so <laughs> that was the spot <laughs> you say Republic I'm like yeah there it is um dude thanks for taking the time thank you for having me yeah man I can't wait to watch what you do I feel like when you do accomplish that giant thing in some museum it's gonna be really cool cause uh Yeah, and I feel like you got something special, so thanks for this.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.